What's up? Thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode six of KT Confidential. Uh, we've seen lots of views and listens on our podcast, but not many of you subscribing yet. So do that. Enjoy this episode. We're chatting about 2018 and what's to come in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back to KT Confidential. This is episode six, last one for the year. And fittingly, we are going to do a 2018 review, year in review, and... And a bit of a forecast. Bit of forecasting for 2019. Get out our magic eight balls. What I think is funny is, uh, this is an interesting year because last year, so 2017, there was a lot going on in the real estate industry um, with the craziness of the spring market, which lasted not long, like really a month and a half. It was like March and then a couple weeks in April. And then the market took a nosedive from an artificially inflated level. Um, so that scared a lot of people off. So there's a lot of questions at the end of last year as to where we would stand in 2018. So this was an interesting year, uh, in my opinion, because there was so many people saying different things Lots of people saying, oh, don't buy, as per usual. And uh, I think it turned out to be a great year. The people that say, oh, don't buy, are people that are stuck and can't buy. Maybe if they could, they would. But yeah. 2017, for sure, was a bit of an anomaly in that the year started off pretty slow, not much inventory, and it scared buyers, prices went through the roof homes that were really worth 900,000 let's say were selling for 1.1 million you know like a 25% 20% increase in a matter of 3 months so that was unsustainable but towards the end of the year the mid year as you said things cooled off artificially or not year ended off kind of stable. And that's what we went into 2018 with was a, I think it's a pretty stable all around year. It was. I think that the problem with last year is a lot of people were using, and even still today we get people that use last spring as their uh, measure to where the market is at. You know, especially I guess some people in the, you know, we'll go in and do a listing presentation for a homeowner who's not really been paying a whole lot of attention to the market. And all they remember is the chaos of last April, or not last April, but 2017. And they find it hard to believe their home is worth what it's worth now, where they thought it was worth one or $200,000 more. Um, And a lot of people are using that as a guideline to whether or not they consider this market to be a quote unquote good market. But this year has been very stable, steady. It's I'd see I'd say it's been increasing over the course of the year very steadily. You know, what's interesting is that a lot of people that purchased new home construction homes, new new construction homes, they bought those homes based on potentially based on inflated prices. Right. So we had this instance uh, last week where the couple has purchased a new home that's closing in the next few months, but
but they bought that home based on a higher projected price for their home based on those inflated 2017 numbers. But anybody buying a home now or in the near future, um, in that case, like a new construction home, I think you're pretty safe to say that things are going into 2019 very stable in terms of what the valuation is on the property. There is nothing um, that I'm forecasting, nothing is going to change going into 2019 that would drastically um, change valuation. I think, you know, we saw approximately a 6% gain, more or less, depending on where you were uh, in the GTA, but um, average of about 6% uh, gains year over year. And um, that's pretty good. If 2019 continues that way, uh, I think there will be a lot of a lot of people feeling a lot more comfortable to make a move, to buy another property, to buy an investment property. The only thing that I think that could change that is if the mar uh, uh, if the mortgage rates really skyrocket. But I don't see that happening in 2019. Well, define skyrocketing because. They've been doing well. That's the thing. Everybody's going to have a different definition of what is skyrocketing for mortgage rates. When I purchased my first home, which was now 14 years, maybe a little bit more than that ago, um, I think my first mortgage was around six or seven percent interest. And you know, I remember my dad telling me stories about when, when him and my mom purchased their homes and. A lot of the mortgage rates were in the teens, right? Like 15, 18, 12, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, for, for some people, skyrocketing would be, uh, it could be a minute change to the interest rate because they are over leveraged. They're spending way too much money. And we see people, I mean, in Canada, we're pretty good because of the stress test and whatnot. It, it makes people spend a little bit more wisely, but there's still people using their full uh, approvals, which is really stretching them financially. Well, and I think what a lot of people are making the mistake of, and we've talked about this in, in past episodes, is that if you have a variable rate mortgage and you're stretching your budget, mortgage rates go up, you could be in trouble. Yeah. You could be forced to sell that house. You could be really forced to buckle down on your overall spending and expenses. I don't think a lot of people realize a one, we did that math, a 1% uh, increase on your mortgage as a variable, as an average mortgage of, what was it, $500,000 is going to increase your monthly mortgage payment by a few hundred dollars a month, three to four hundred dollars a month. So but the so if you're on the variable, the rates are changing, but your payments not actually changing. Your term is correct. So um, when which Cameron makes it even in scarier. Here, yeah, because I can Cameron was in here, uh, who's a mortgage broker that we deal closely with. And he was telling us about a scenario where there was I think it was one uh, gentleman had a variable rate mortgage and the rates had gone up. He never checked with his bank or made any adjustments as the rate went up and his 20 or 25 year amortization turned into 40 when he went to renew and he had no idea. So he's all of a sudden you're paying primarily 
interest and not paying anything off the mortgage. Uh, so it's really important if you're on a variable mortgage to stay on top of it as the rates are changing uh, and making extra payments when you can afford to as well. You need to know how much interest and principal is going towards your payment. So when you're on a variable, if your payment is $1,500 a month and the interest rates go up and you haven't increased the $1,500 a month accordingly, in five years when you go to renew, you haven't paid down anything on your house, basically. Exactly. You're just paying it all to interest, which is which is a problem because in five years, homes do appreciate over the long term. And if you ever need to upsize your home, let's say, um, you might have a lot less equity in your home as, than, than you should have. Yeah. One thing that I found really interesting this year that was notably different was um, renting, uh, the number of rental properties. I'd say last year we did maybe a dozen leases. The number of rental properties or? The, the number of um, people renting right. versus the, before. The amount of tenants out the, there on the The number market. of tenants yep. has increased dramatically. I think last year we did maybe a dozen in 2017. This year we're over 30. That's a huge change. Um, oh, we're, we're over 40 now. Right. So that's significant. And with that, the rental rates have gone up dramatically. Like a house you could rent for 1800 last year is now 22. So landlords are raking it in. I don't know so much if they're raking it in because the price of homes have increased as well. But, but you know, we're, we're, in, we're in a market as well where, you know, there aren't too many areas in the GTA that are building new homes in areas where families want to settle. You know, Burlington's not building any homes, uh, very few. Uh, in Oakville, there's a lot of homes being built, but, you know, the cost to rent a home in Oakville is significantly higher than it is in, in a town like Milton. Yeah. So Milton, I think, has seen a lot of growth for that because... It's still affordable for an investor to purchase a property. It's still affordable for a tenant to rent a good size home at a good valuation. And because of proximity and, and ease of transportation and, and public transportation in Milton, um, I think that's why we've seen, we've had a lot of calls on, on leases and landlords asking us to lease their properties this year. So yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, to that point, 2018 was a year where people were a little bit more afraid to make the jump to buy a house. And some of those people decided, well, let's rent and figure out what's happening in the market. Or they just flat out can't afford it. Or they're rolling in a Beamer with their Gucci bag, right? Like, Yeah, spending their money in other areas. Right. And there's other areas you can invest your money if you, you know, real estate is always one option. And it's a good one. Just, I think people's eyes have been open to it not being as lucrative as it, as it always was necessarily, especially with new, new construction homes. People always just banked on the fact that you could buy a new construction home, close a year later, cash in and make $50,000 like that. Now you get a lot of those same people that are dreading closing or aren't able to close. So you just need to be more cautious when you're buying, especially new construction. You know, when is it closing? Are you banking on, 
you know, use conservative numbers when determining how much you can sell your home for and when determining how much you're paying for that house relative to when it's closing. I think there are still a lot of opportunities in 2019 for people, whether they're buying new or resale homes. It's just that the boundaries, I believe, have been pushed out a little bit more. Yeah. You know, uh, five to 10 years ago, Milton, as an example, um, was a great area because it was developing at a very rapid pace from being a small town to now being what really is a city and being close to Mississauga, being still close to Toronto and those areas. I think areas like we talked about St. Catharines, Brantford, Guelph, um, you know, areas pushed out of that boundary a little bit more now that there are still those opportunities to buy and flip or buy and uh, on a speculation basis with a new builder. I still think those opportunities exist, um, just not as close to home as most people would prefer or or have been used to. Well, and the, the nice thing too, if it's for investment purposes, a lot of homes, let's say in Cambridge um, or Kitchener-Waterloo, are renting for similar monthly rents as homes in Milton. So from an investment standpoint, you're getting a better return anyways from your monthly cash flow. I do find it is harder to find um, as many tenants and quality tenants uh, the further out you go. So there is, you know, um, some things there. So what do you think for 2019? What do you think is going to be... What's the discussion around real estate in 2019? I'm I'm really excited for 2019. I think, you know, it's going to be a very interesting year because we're coming out of a stable 2018. 2018 is ending in a in a relatively uh, positive fashion. I think it's impossible to predict the market. So what do we know? We the facts are everybody predicts something different. Everyone's got a difference of, of opinion. So for us, you know, we're in the mix daily. And I would say that uh, there's a lot of positive vibes, both from buyers and sellers. We have a number of listings already signed up for January, right through till April. And a ton of buyers ready to buy. A ton of buyers ready to go. So based on that, I would say it's going to be a great year. Um, I don't think we'll see any ridiculous spikes uh, like we have uh, in the past and 2017 specifically, but I think it'll be a very stable year, a great year to uh, transition from, you know, your townhouse to a detached home if you want, or to buy your first home. I think it's a great time to buy. I think it's going to be an amazing year if you want to upgrade your home. I think there will be less activity at the higher price points and yeah. a lot more activity at the lower price points. So. We've seen a little bit of it, but theoretically, you might be able to sell your townhome and for a couple hundred bucks a month, move up into a detached home or from that single car garage to the double car garage or from your double car garage home to a more exclusive rural property. Um, I think people will try and be a little bit more financially um, responsible when it comes to their home purchases. In 2019, um, I think we're going to see about the similar gains that we've seen in 2018. So somewhere between five and seven percent um, will 
we'll see we'll see lots of good solid activity throughout the year. Yeah, I agree, and I think one trend that I've seen um, pretty consistently for the last little while, but more so lately, is um, the demand for older areas uh, within the suburbs, like Old Milton versus you know the new na- neighborhoods that are going in. A lot of people trying to get out of those new neighborhoods into the old areas, get the mature big lots, um, and more people seem to be open to renos and stuff like that. People are really getting tired of cookie cutter homes. They are. Well, you know what's annoying though too, at the same time, HGTV has made our job much harder because every fucking house I go into with a buyer, they want to tear down a wall and open it up. And they just, it's, you know, and they can't see past that. So it's like everything they're watching on TV, as soon as they walk in, it's like, okay, this has got to go, that's got to go. And it just, it's funny to see how it changes everyone's perception. So what you're saying is we should be starting our own little TV series and have Cameron follow us around with our buyers. Yeah, let's do that. This year, 2019. There you go. We'll yeah. put that on the, uh, the goal And I say we list. should also, uh, let's buy a house, an old one, and tear it, not tear it down, but do a big reno and show people the potential to help people envision what an older home can look like. Because a lot of the people buying older homes, they're, they're coming from newer homes with those modern open concept finishes. Well, I've been doing it. I bought the cottage and that's what I'm doing. Trying to get you to spend any money is like <laughs> sucking lemon juice out of a rock. I'm saying it here openly, publicly. I'm committing to it this year. You're committing to it. Okay. Yeah. So um, we'll find an older property and we are going to turn that into a show. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here first. So that's part of the market forecast for you. <laughs> yeah. Which if we're committed to doing it, that tells you that, you know, we're, we believe that it's a good time. How's your Wemo switch doing? It's still sitting on the countertop. <laughs> but, you know what? I set up my Siri on that note to, uh, to work with my Sonos. So that's kind of like home automation. It's pretty cool. What version of Sonos do you have at home? It's uh, five. So how does that work with Siri? Well, I can just say, hey, Siri, play Michael Bublé on the living room speakers. Oh, she's listening to me now. Will it work with our Sonos speakers here in the office? I don't know. I don't know if it works on the one. Mm. But Interesting. Yeah. So that's it. So that's our forecast for 2019. We are predicting 5 to 7% gains, probably in the GTA as a whole. I think Toronto condos and things like that kind of throw numbers off. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about that's really important for people to know is when you're looking at stats and hearing all these statistics being thrown around in the media, newspapers, etc., they are very skewed. As an example... A lot um, of times they're bullshit numbers. I don't even pay attention to them anymore. As an example, let's say I list a house and it's on the market for 90 days. And we decide, okay, it's not selling. We need to relist it at a lower price. So we take it off the market, list it as a new listing at a lower price. It sells in a day. Toronto Real Estate Statistics see it as a listing that sold in one day. The old listing does not get counted for. So um, We've never had that happen, by the way. So that was a bad example. But yes, theoretically speaking. Yeah. 
But uh, so really pay attention uh, or really, you know, don't pay attention to and take everything with a grain of salt because the numbers really are skewed, I'd say, by pretty significant numbers. So it's so hard because there are so many ways to play around with numbers. Not all of the same data gets reported into the same areas. So it depends who's spitting out those numbers. Is it the Toronto Real Estate Board? Well, what happens if a home was not listed on the Toronto Real Estate Board, but in the Toronto area, and it was listed on another board? So same thing with like the Oakville Milton Real Estate Board. There are a ton of homes that are for sale in Oakville or Milton that are not on the Oakville Milton Real Estate Board. They're only on the Toronto Real Estate Board. So when the Oakville Milton Board is doing their reporting, it wouldn't even count that home. That's right. And then you have all of the terminated, canceled, expired listings. You have those that, as you were just saying, get taken down and then put back up on the market. You have ones that are doing price changes or there are so many variables. I mean, those stats are guidelines and averages that you can kind of gauge what's happening, but can you really? Well, the best way to gauge it, in my opinion, is personally by seeing the traffic coming through our listings. So we know how many people are out looking and our interactions with buyers and sellers, knowing how they feel about the market and whether they're enthusiastic or scared or holding off for making a decision to buy. Yeah, the market tells you how the market is. Exactly. That's it for episode six. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, like, or follow, and stay tuned for episode seven.